Hello. Can I move this and so I can walk around? So I'm a pacer, you know, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't stand like Jason was doing that, no. So even before, okay, maybe out here. Okay, powerful mic. So even before I went to kindergarten, before five, I knew I wanted to be a boy. That was my hope, that was my desire, that was my longing. And I would ride my tricycle over to my girlfriend's house to go pick her up, because we were gonna get married. Now I knew, that was not a normal behavior. So I knew I also had to keep it a secret. So I did. Upon entering kindergarten, it was rather hard because my mom made me wear dresses to school, and I hated it. And, um, but I complied. And then in second grade, I realized, you know what? I can sneak pants to school. So I would do that. Get to school, take off the dress, put on my pants, there I was alive, there I was free. I continued to grow up with this longing as far as wanting to be a boy, and I, 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 but I continued to hide it. My parents owned a house, and it was a rental, and they rented it to a family, and in that family, they had a son who was two years younger than me, and he and I became friends. And it took me a while, though, to trust him to tell him my secret. So after being friends for about two years, I said to him one day, you know, I really want to become a boy. And he said to me, that's awesome, because now we can be brothers. And I'm like, yeah. And that was the affirmation that I needed to know that I was making the right choice. I was going down the right path. Now, I have to confess, he was 10, so what did he really know about that? But, you know. But he confirmed that for me. Then I entered high school or junior high at that point. So I'm gonna put a pause button in there and I wanna tell you what my family life was like. So I grew up, I had an older brother and about the age of 10, my older brother began to molest me and this went on for two years. My parents did not know and they still don't know. Um, also, at the age of seven, I had a little brother that was born. Now, in watching the the dynamics between my parents, my, my dad was verbally and emotionally abusive to my mom. And so I watched my mom underneath this abuse, I watched her crumble. And in doing so, I, as I watched my mom, I realized, wow, women are weak. Women are vulnerable. And my mom, she acts like she's hated. And then I watched my dad as he abused her, he showed me, wow, women are vulnerable. Women are weak. And he treats her like she's hated. And I thought, I am not gonna grow up to be a woman. So moving forward with that lie, you know, that, that created that desire for me to want to be a boy. Now, when I was seven and my little brother was born, my dad adored my little brother. He was the apple of his eye. And another lie crept in. I can be replaced. I need to be a boy to be affirmed. Girls can be replaced. Women are weak, women are vulnerable, women are hated, and I can be replaced. Another driving force to tell me it's safer to be a boy. I will have more affirmation as a man.
So upon entering junior high, junior high was really hard. Everything's changing for me physically, and, I, and it just made me hate who I was all the more. Meanwhile, I'm having crushes on girls and fantasize, fantasizing about dating them, you know, in my head. So when I entered high school, and I, so Phil was my friend, and I told Phil that, and he affirmed that that was a good thing, I began to go to his dances because he was two years younger than me, so school-wise, no one would know, and I would dance with girls at his dance. So after going through high school and struggling and struggling and struggling and finding little pockets of freedom, you know, as far as acting out as a man, I realized I got to do this. I got to do this. So I found a counselor who would prescribe me hormones. And he encouraged me. He said, you know, how, does, how do your parents feel about this? And I, I had at one point approached my mom, and I told her, you know, I, I really want to become a man. And my mom's response to that was, that's gross. So I went, oh, okay, they're not going to like this, so I'm going to continue in my secret. And so when I told that to the counselor, he's like, yeah, you got to move out. I will treat you, but you need to move out. Especially when I told him, yeah, my dad would probably come beat you up. So he's like, yeah, 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 let's move out. So I found a place to live. I moved in with a Chinese family, and um, she had two daughters, and I began hormone therapy, and I changed my name. I began to live as a man. And I got to tell you, I felt like I was free. I thought, I have arrived. Here I am. I'm free. I'm a man. No looking back. So in this family of two daughters, one was 14, one was 12, and they were in the uh, youth ministry, they invited me to church. So I'd been two weeks, you know, into this lifestyle, and I go to church, and one Sunday, they were talking about Jesus. Now, I was raised Lutheran, so I, let me say this. I, I'm not against the Lutheran religion, but the church I grew up in, I would say they were God stalkers because they kind of knew about the Lord, but they didn't really know how to foster relationship. So I knew who the Lord was, but I didn't know he was so personal. So two weeks after entering into the lifestyle, they do an altar call, and I bum, 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 bum. I want Jesus as my Savior. I get saved. I go home and woke up the next day, and nothing changed. So I'm like, did that take? Did that work? So next Sunday, go down, altar call, boom, boom, boom. I want Jesus as my Savior. Get up the next morning, nothing changed. It's like, shoot, how many times I got to do this? So the third Sunday, boom, 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 I want Jesus as my Savior. And the pastor says, you know, the first time you do this, it's really, it, you know, you're saved the first time when you accept Jesus. You know, you don't have to keep coming down. I'm like, all right. So, you know, third time's charm. This one's got to work. I get up the next morning, and you know what? Nothing changed. So, you know, in my thinking and in the deception I was in, because I didn't hear from the Lord, because the Lord didn't strike me dead, because the Lord didn't tell me to change, because he didn't call me back, I thought he was okay with me living as a man. So I continued. I had quit my job that I had in high school, and I got a job working as a man. And my dad, bless his heart, found out where I was working. So he went in, and he told my boss, that guy you got working for you, that's not a guy. That's my daughter. Of course, my manager called me up and he goes, uh, your dad was in here today. And I'm like, yeah, I saw that. 
And uh, he goes, you know what? Uh, we can't have you working here. You're fired. I'm like, all right. Well, when my dad was in telling this manager about me, there was a woman that I go to church with that heard this. So she went back to the pastors and told the pastors, hey, guess what? This guy's not a guy. It's some guy's daughter and blah, blah, blah. And so I go to church and I get called into the office and the pastors go, you know, we're hearing this rumor about you and we just want to know who are you? Who are you really? So I said to them, I'm a man who used to be a woman. They're like, oh, well, you know, we love you, but we just don't want you coming back. I'm like, okay, all right. So I left there and um, fast forward, I got into a relationship with a woman who was a Christian. I worked with her and uh, she took me to her church. Now this church, you know, knew Jesus and they were practicing Jesus. And um, I was like, wow, this, this is pretty cool. I'm really experiencing Jesus. And uh, eventually we broke up and she left the church and I stayed. But after our breakup, I jumped right back into another relationship. And um, after about a year of dating her, I woke up one morning and I realized, oh my gosh, I'm my dad and she's my mom. I had begun to treat her exactly as my dad was treating my mom and she was responding the same way my mom did. And I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. So I broke up. And upon breaking up, I realized I, I need to find the Lord. So I began to really invest in the Lord and in church. And in doing so, I got involved in the orchestra, I play French horn. And so I was on my way to practice one night and the Lord said to me, will you now, will you now? I was like, uh, um, so I took this inventory and I thought, hmm, I don't have anything to lose. So I said, yes, Lord, I will again. Nothing changed, right? But I continued on with this hunger in my heart for the Lord, and I began to make space for him everywhere in my life. And little did I know, now, before I said yes to the Lord, I was steeped in pornography, steeped. I was so addicted, I would say that was my drug of choice. I would find ways to see it whenever, however, uh, as much as I possibly could. And when I said yes to the Lord, it took me three months. I'm kind of slow on the uptake sometimes. And uh, three months later, I, I was like, hey, I don't want pornography anymore. He delivered me that night from pornography. And I have to say I'm still free. So as I continued to get involved in church, they began to recognize, hey, this guy is hungry for the Lord. He wants the Lord. And so next thing I know, I'm leading a man's small uh, a Bible study, men's small group. I'm involved in the junior high. I'm involved in the uh, college age group. I'm involved in the singles group and each place is leadership. And they're grooming me to really become part of the leadership of that church. And I was excited about that because I love the Lord. I wanted him. Oh, how did I want him? And I uh, started dating another girl. I was like, yeah, this would be the girl that I marry. And then um, through some circumstances, the pastor had heard uh, that there was some guy living in their church. And at this time, the Lord had brought along to me a spiritual dad. And little did I know that that spiritual dad began working on my dad issues way back then. And uh, as he did so, healing started. Well, the pastor talked to my spiritual dad and he said, hey, you know, I heard this rumor and I, I heard that we had somebody like that in the body. 
Now, I had shared with my spiritual dad, Gary, that here's my history. Because when you pray, I want you to know what you're really praying about here. And um, so Gary looked at the pastor, and he's like, uh, yeah, I do know who that is. So I come home from a junior high retreat, and Gary, my spiritual dad, approaches me, and he's like, can I talk to you? And right away, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that. Can I talk to you thing? So I'm like, sure. So I go back in the, in the room back there, and there is a Dave, who's the pastor of the singles group. And he's sitting there, and I was like, crap, I'm going to be, <laughs> here we go. I'm going to be confronted. So I sit down, the three of us, and um, Dave looks at me, and he goes, you know, we're hearing some rumors about you, and I just want to know, who are you? Who are you really? Same question, right? But this time, I told the truth, and I said, I'm a woman living as a man. That's the truth. And as I did that, the Holy Spirit went and blew into me. And I sat there, and I saw the next two weeks of my life and everything I needed to do. But first and foremost, I needed to go back to being the woman that he called me to be, that he created me to be. And so I said yes to the Lord. Well, but Dave didn't know that. I didn't tell Dave what I had seen. So I said to Dave, Dave, what do you think I should do? Dave's like, uh, well, um, you know, uh, well, um, you know, um, I think that, uh, how about um, you live as a eunuch? Yeah, that's it. How about you live as a eunuch? And I said, no, no, not doing that. And I said, I think I need to go back to being the woman that God created me to be. And he's like, okay, <laughs> okay. And I said, you know, the Lord gave me this vision and for the next two weeks, and I need to begin to go and step down from this ministry and talk to this pastor and step down from this ministry, and I need to step down from this ministry, and I, oh, and I need to talk to you about stepping down from ministry. Oh, and I need to go break up with my girlfriend. You know, boom, just like that. I'm going back to being the woman that God created me to be. And Dave's like, okay, let's start tomorrow. I'll meet with you tomorrow, and let's start this two-week process. Because I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm in it with you. All right. So I go into work the next day. And I, they called me into the office and they said, you know what, we need to uh, fire you because you're not doing your job. I'm like, what? The, I, I, I can't even tell you really why I got fired, <laughs> but I did. And so I spent the next two weeks going through the process of stepping down from all these ministries. And in doing so, I, I didn't know what to do or where to go. You know, because I'm like, okay, now I'm supposed to go back to being a woman. Great. What do I do? How do I do this? And so I was asking the Lord, Lord, I need your help. Are you, are you in this? Are you going to help me? I, I, just, I, I just don't know. And um, I was living with a different family at that time. And the Lord, um, she had put a, a scripture on my mirror. And it was uh, Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not look anxiously about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So from the get-go, the Lord made me a promise. I'm with you in this. I gotcha. So eventually I found the Portland Fellowship, and um, I met with the women's ministry leader at that time and told her my story, and she's like, all right, yeah, we can do this. Not sure how to do this, but let's do this. And everybody at the Portland Fellowship was like, you know, we're geared more towards same-sex attraction, and but, you know, we want you to be here. So I began that process. 
took about four years, maybe five, before physically I could actually work as a woman. I worked as a man for about the first year because physically I looked like a man. And um, I, I just didn't look like a woman. I couldn't pull it off. And so after I quit the hormones, went through that transition of about five years, I started working as a woman, and I started working at a bakery. And on the way home one night, I um, was thinking about that, and I'm like, huh, I'm a baker. Wow, isn't that woman's work? <laughs> and the Lord said to me, you are who I've created you to be. Now walk in that. So I did walk in that. And... Um, after a while of being at Portland Fellowship, I needed to step away because I was only known by my testimony, and I really wanted to be known for the woman that God had created me to be. So I stepped away from the Portland Fellowship, got involved in a church, and probably about three, four years later, even though I left Portland Fellowship, it didn't really lose, leave my heart. So I came back, and I kind of wanted to be incognito, you know, so I started on the prayer team, and after a little bit, the Lord's like, no, nah, I want you to be a small group leader. And I'm like, not doing that. And um, I just wasn't comfortable. But then I had a dream, and I went and told somebody about my dream, and they're like, yeah, I think the Lord's calling you to be a small group leader. I'm like, great. <laughs> so I come back, be a small group leader, and eventually Jason approaches me, and he goes, do you want, you know, have you thought about teaching? And inside I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, I'm not doing that. And I'm saying, yeah, you know, what, what, are, you, what are you thinking about? And Jason says, well, how about teaching on femininity? And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> So inside, I'm like, I'm not doing this. And the Lord's like, tell him, yeah. And I'm like, I'm not doing it. No, yes, no, yes. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll, I'll teach on femininity. It's like, great. Driving home, and I'm like, Lord, what have you gotten me into? Teaching on femininity. Did you not see where I come from? Did you not know? And then I realized, oh, my gosh, what a slap in the enemy's face. For me, what was meant for destruction to be redeemed, to now teach about what he's restored. And so as Jason mentioned, I, the Lord's called me to be the, um, the chair of the board. And I, again, that was one of those no, yes, no, yes, all right, type of thing. Um, I do have some pictures, but I want to leave you with this one thought, is that, you know, God has so redeemed my life, I can honestly say, I'm just not the man I used to be. There I am, uh, a little girl, and that's me, five, uh, with Santa. Oh, no, okay. Sorry, the keyboard. Or the other way. Okay, so there I am in the lifestyle. Um, that's, a, that's not a girlfriend, it's a friend of mine's niece. But there I am on the, I guess that would be your left. Uh, that's a glamour shot. That was uh, a photo that was taken of me when my testimony came out in the Portland Fellowship in 1998. Okay. That's it. That end.